Time for Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Good morning, Keith. Happy Hump Day. Happy Hump Day to you. Let's talk about the new restrictions that mm-hmm. Bonnie Henry brought in for the East Fraser Valley. So this includes uh, ma- uh, limits on gatherings in this particular part of the health authority, right? Yeah, so Mission, uh, Chilliwack, uh, Abbotsford, um, Hope. It's it's Chilliwack, Hope, Chilliwack Hope, Abbotsford, Mission, Agassiz, Harrison. Yeah, and anybody paying attention, as I do every day, of the case numbers and the vaccination rates, uh, this should come as no surprise because North Chilliwack, parts of Mission, low vaccination rates, rising case numbers. Chilliwack in particular is a real hot spot of, uh, of a high number of COVID cases and low vaccination rates. And so basically the clock was ticking here for these restrictions to come in because this has been the pattern around BC, a combination of low vaccinations and high COVID cases means there's going to be restrictions. Okay, let's listen to Dr. Bonnie Henry making that announcement yesterday. Private gatherings will be limited, so that's that household gathering, limited to five additional people or one additional household, so keeping our bubbles small again. And 10 people outdoors unless all of the participants are fully vaccinated. Okay, so if you're fully vaccinated, you could have a larger group? That's is my it? understanding. Okay. Is that if, if everyone is double-dosed, fully vaccinated, not, not just one dose. Um, interesting, as an aside, last week the NDP caucus met in person in the same room yeah. for the first time in months in Chilliwack. And I phoned, <laughs> phoned a couple of members of the caucus and said, what are you doing in Chilliwack? Uh, you've got more than 215 cases there last week. Uh, well, you're was, saying these politicians should stay out of these cities? They well, got high COVID I, 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 it was sort of a half-joking call, but I wouldn't go necessarily to a high COVID uh, city right now with low vaccination rates. Keep in mind, even if you're double dose, you can get COVID-19 in hospital. In ICU yesterday, 141 people in ICU, 121 were unvaccinated, but I think 10 of them were double dosed vaccination. So it's still a threat to people, even if you're vaccinated. So you still have to take uh, measures to ensure you don't get this virus. How much COVID is circulating in these communities right now? Well, it's it's circulating a lot in, in Chilliwack in particular, uh, uh-huh. less so in uh, Mission. Uh, but on a per capita basis, Mission is actually because a much smaller uh, population, uh, has a, a worst uh, case. If you go to the Center for Disease Control website, you can go on, look at the maps that are updated every Weak and it's color coded. The darker the brown, the more COVID cases are per capita. That part of the Fraser Valley is dark brown right now. It's like the Peace River area. Wow. So, could do you think we could see more of these sort of regional restrictions? Yeah, I mean, we have seen regional. We've seen the interior of the north and now yeah. the eastern valley. Yeah. But it's interesting. Metro Vancouver, the west part of Metro Vancouver. We're talking Vancouver, Burnaby, North Vancouver, Tri Cities, Surrey. Richmond, Delta, high vaccination rates, very low case numbers. If you look at the case numbers every day, Vancouver Coastal on per capita is the best place in BC. The highest per capita is the Northern Health Authority and the eastern part of Fraser Valley. Uh, The capital region is starting to show significant numbers, largely because of an ongoing outbreak in the homeless uh, shelters. Yes. In Victoria, which really is hard to hard to deal with, so that's what's driving the numbers in Victoria. But it's not community spread; it's really centralized there. Okay, so we continue to see some low vaccination rates in pockets of the province and high and high case counts, and a lot of it, I think, can be traced to misinformation that people yep. are reading online, and people are getting bad information from Facebook, 
YouTube, other social media yep. platforms. And it was interesting to see yesterday YouTube moving to deplatform some of the mm -hmm. most prolific sort of anti-vaxxers. So Dr. Robert uh, or Robert Kennedy Jr., right, has been not a doctor. Sorry, I didn't mean to say a doctor. <laughs> Robert Kennedy Jr. There are some doctors, some quack doctors out there who are spreading well, doctor, misinformation. Well, Dr. Joseph Mercola, yep. who uh, is a Florida doctor, mm -hmm. who's been described as one of the biggest super spreaders, if not number one, yep. of misinformation on COVID. So he's been like deplatformed from YouTube. So let me let me play this very a brief part of a report on this from CNN and then get your thoughts. It's an unproven vaccine. It's just being accelerated and eliminated virtually every safety study. He is the ultimate super spreader, not of the coronavirus experts say, but of misinformation about COVID-19. His name is Dr. Joseph Mercola. It is very likely that most people in America, if not, you know, the vast majority of people in America have seen misinformation that has originated with this super spreader of lies and misinformation. Okay, so this guy is a, a medical doctor in Florida who promotes kind of natural remedies well, he's not for COVID. He's not promoted anymore on Facebook. Uh, New York Times had a piece out last month uh, citing the top 10 sources of misinformation. This I'm guy number, was number one. Yeah, he was number one. Yeah. Uh, and Robert F. Kennedy was on the list as well. Robert yeah. F. Kennedy Jr. was on the list as well. So these people are going to be banned from YouTube. We'll see... Whether this goes further, whether Facebook or Twitter, other social media, Inst uh, uh, Instagram, whether they take similar steps, I kind of doubt they will because they've been slow to do something like this. But it's interesting that, that they uh, YouTube has taken that step. Yeah, this guy had also been making a lot of money off of oh, this stuff. Oh, he makes a ton of money. Yeah, because if you go to his website, he's, he's sell which gets millions and millions of hits mm -hmm. across the United States and around the world, he sells like natural remedies for COVID. You know, like yeah, he was selling well. like vitamin C remedies to, to ward off COVID. Yeah. Yeah, well, so, I mean, he's making a lot work. of money. They don't work. They're, he's basically dining off the fears and insecurities of uh, people who really aren't up with it. Okay, we'll see where that goes. Let's talk about the, uh, bring it back home here, the BC Liberal Leadership race, which is going on right now. And they had, I thought it was kind of an interesting debate they had last night on Facebook. Mm -hmm. And let's play a clip here because what this was was basically a, a dog pile against uh, Kevin Falcon. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> you got Kevin Falcon, the former liberal uh, uh, finance minister, who's the, sort of the, the perceived front favorite. Yep. All the other candidates just going after him here. So here is Michael Lee, liberal MLA, running for the liberal leadership, going after Kevin Falcon at this debate last night. It's been 10 years. You come back now talking about your record, and I appreciate that. It's something that we all are grateful for, for this province going forward. But it's about how do we move forward. It's about how do we affect change and how do we rebuild trust. And so this is going to take a lot of work. And as far as I can see, you have not left your property development firm. You are doing this arguably on the side of your desk. Okay, so he's going after Falcon there Kevin for Falcon not shutting down his development company. Falcon knows he's got to get he's got to get used to this. This is going to be the theme of a number of these debates whenever they happen. As you say, it's a dog pile. They're all going to be ganging up on Falcon because he's the perceived front leader. He's the guy yeah. they they need to take down. And Michael Lee's probably 
I would given his showing in the two. last election, I think he's probably number two, yeah. and he's probably going to be leading the charge against Falcon. But uh, it's it's interesting. I, I the number of candidates there. I'm not sure a Facebook debate really. It's just not the same as everybody in the same room and and all that sort of thing. And and until we get to that point, I don't think there's going to be a lot of interest in this. It was one of the questions that Falcon kept getting over and over from his from his opponents was if you don't win, like will if still some run. right, like yeah. if someone else wins the leadership, will you still run to be an MLA? Mm-hmm for the Liberal Party, and he didn't really want to answer that. And I remember Christy Clark, when she was running for the Liberal leadership, got a lot of those same questions. Yeah. Like, okay, you're all you want to be, all you want is the power, all you want is the top job. Yeah. You're not willing to run for this party otherwise, unless you're the leader. And he kind of really ducked and dodged. Well, on I'm that. not sure why he would do that. I mean, he can say, sure, yeah, I, I am going to run them. <laughs> Maybe you don't run. I mean, you don't have to really answer that question in terms of. Uh, well, what do you say? He should lie about it. Well, you can, is he going to run or not? You can say whatever you want in a leadership race. There's no ramifications until you actually have to do the deed okay let's talk quickly about um, professional athletes coming to uh, Canada if they're if they're not vaccinated so yeah. there has been a national interest clause has been triggered to allow unvaccinated NBA, NBA players, players if they're coming here to play a game against the Toronto Raptors they're allowed into Canada some bizarre I think uh, for for Trudeau to really play the vaccination card in the federal election and really and and you know uh, understandably so we want people vaccinated then to suddenly allow uh, an exemption to millionaire athletes to come in uh, is is bizarre I guess they don't want you know if, if they had said you can't bring these players into Canada that would maybe force the Raptors to have to play their their home games in Buffalo or something I don't so, know in the United States so I'm not sure. So you you would draw the line on it. You would say no. These unvaccinated NBA players and hockey players they can't come into Canada. No, I mean I I think it's it's a poor example. We're trying to get as many people vaccinated as possible. Why you would require Joe and Jane Blow uh, to have proof of vaccine to go into a restaurant yet not allow? Well, yeah, you have to have. you have to have proof of vaccination to go into a Raptors game. Exactly. So why why would the players but, be exempt from that? Right. I don't think it's in the national interest. I mean, this is an interesting. A Toronto Raptor game is not in the national interest of Canadians. I'm sorry. Ryan in Surrey. Hi. Hey, I just, uh, my comment on this is I just think it's ridiculous that NBA players get uh, get to come in, in here when nobody else does. We all have to play by a different set of rules than them. And is it, what, because they've got lots of money? Maybe that's how Trudeau plays, right? But I'll end this with a question. Do we do this for NHL or MLS, or is this just for the NBA? Okay, okay, I'm not, I'm not totally clear on that. Is it yeah. just NBA, or what? how is this well, working? Well, I think, my understanding, this is just coming into view right now. My understanding is the Raptors applied for this and were given an exemption by a federal agency. Uh, it sounds like the Canucks and the NHL are taking a tougher line on this. That uh, they have much stronger vaccination rules, but this is a, this is an evolving story. I'm not sure where it's going to land, but right now, my understanding, the Canucks are, are you, you have to have proof of vaccination to get, attend their training camp. Okay, so what about this Andrew Wiggins guy? We were just talking about him off off air. So this is an NBA star, Canadian, Canadian NBA star. Toronto-born, yeah. plays for Golden State, refuses to get vaccinated. As a result, he can't play home games in Golden in San Francisco. Because, because they've can, got a strict mandate. They've got a strict mandate there. Yeah. You, you have to be vaccinated. Yet, he can go to Toronto... Uh, and unvaccinated and play away games there. Uh, it just doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah, so he can come to Toronto and play, but he can't play in his home his home arena. Uh, and you come to Toronto, though, but you, you're not allowed to go watch him if you're not vaccinated. Mm-hmm. He's allowed to play unvaccinated. You're yeah. not allowed to watch yeah, him unvaccinated. <laughs> exactly. Okay, I'm, I got that straight. Dennis and Surrey, hi. 
Um, I say, hell no, don't let them in. I am fully vaccinated in Canada here. I had Moderna and I had Pfizer. I can't get on a cruise ship in the United States. I'm considered unvaccinated. Mm-hmm. Don't let them in. Who cares? Well, I don't even... Thanks for the call. I didn't say, like, just don't let them play. Like, how come the NBA doesn't have some jam to say to these players, like, okay, look, that's the rule. You have to be vaccinated. And if you don't want to get vaccinated, you're not playing. You know, Simple so, as that. Ironically, the pandemic, when the pandemic began, the NBA was the first league to shut down, if you recall. It was that game where a player tested positive back in March 2020. Yeah, right. And right. that brought it into focus for everybody how serious this was. The whole league just shut down. I remember that day. And it was like, whoa, yeah. this is amazing. So the NBA, you know, did take the right steps at the very beginning. And But it's interesting, professional sports multi-million dollar, multi-billion dollar businesses are trying to figure ways to survive and they're doing it, uh, you know, with, with various parts of success. And note the NFL is, is going rip roaring right now in terms of full crowds, yeah. huge TV ratings. And I think the NBA says we need to make money. Okay. Star 9898 on your cell is the number to call Rick in Port Moody. Hi. Hi gentlemen. Thanks for taking my call. Um, you know what, that last, the last comment about the NBA player really reiterates a point I've been trying to you know, talk to people about for the longest time, and that's that we're not getting great leadership on this. I'm a small business owner, and when I go into a meeting and I don't know what I don't know, I, I don't try and BS my employees and say, oh, this is the way it is. I look for either leave it open-ended or, or, or not. And we have been hearing from the very beginning of this uh, campaign or, or this, this virus uh, that you can count... Okay, what's your point? Bottom line it for me. What's your point? Bottom line is is we don't know what's happening and stop telling us that we, we do. Stop giving us a percentage of 75% need to be vaccinated, then 85%, then the kids. Stop saying masks, no masks. You know, right now the latest... What do you want, what do you want them to say? Say we don't Say nothing? Know. We don't, don't know. know. They, okay. we, you know, this is a disease. That's real. That'd be re- that would be really helpful. Well, interesting. Yesterday, Dr. Bonnie Henry says we're we're again we're learning new things about the virus all the time, and that's been the the sort of the the message from day one. Remember the very first briefing I went to with Dr. Henry was. What we know today is going to be vastly different than what we know six months from now. And our advice today is going to be vastly different six months to a year from now. So the, the final chapter is not anywhere near being written on COVID-19. We are literally making this up as we go along. The rules are changing, and the rules will continue to change as the science changes. Well, some things we do know for sure is the vaccines are safe and effective, and they people sh- should take them, yep. and they've saved millions of lives all exactly, around the world. Exactly. Okay, that so That is a that. given. Now, we don't know how long the vaccines are going to be effective. That's still emerging science. But right now, that vaccine protects you. Get vaccinated. You'll stay out of hospital. The odds are in your favor. Stephen in Surrey. Hi. I just want to make a two points there, guys. First of all, I don't know if you've read the article by Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Excellent article. Mm-hmm. Not just for NBA players, but professional athletes are an example to society. And he speaks very strongly, very powerfully pro-vaccination uh, mandate. Mm-hmm. And secondly, leadership. Uh, I agree. Like, New York and California won't even let their own players unvaccinated play home games. How can Canada give an <laughs> exception? So, so I, I just, I, I, that was an easy decision for Canada to say, whoa, 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 guys, 
Don't worry about it. And last thing, the Toronto Raptors, they said one dose away for full vaccination. Great on them. No, we should be setting an example. They should be setting an example for the uh, followers, the fans that follow them. That's the point I just want to make. Thank you for the call. The NHL, by the way, will not allow unvaccinated players into Canada. Just check that. Yeah. Go ahead. And he mentioned Kareem uh, Abdul-Jabbar's article. I forget where it ran. I've seen excerpts from it. It is an excellent article about pro-vaccination.